Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We have a very special broadcast for you today. Welcome to the Blue White Illustrated and Blaze Alexander Family Dealerships Tailgate 2023. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. This is a simulcast broadcast, which is why I'm stumbling over the intro here. But I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Aeneas Hawkins is with me for Penn State Defensive Tackle. We are discussing the blue-white game, which is coming up in just one hour. Uh, so excited to be here, excited to have a lot of different things going on. So if you're listening on the BWI Live uh, YouTube stream, there's going to be some different things happening on the show today uh, because we're doing a, a lot of different stuff. Um, so just bear with me. Hello, everybody on our, our YouTube side of things. Um, we are here celebrating 25 years of the bus on 99.5 The Bus. And uh, we are here, most importantly, Aeneas, to talk about some Penn State football. So uh, set the scene for us today. Uh, as a as a former player, what's going through your mind on the field, and and what are you thinking about with uh, the weather today, especially with some rain coming down? Yeah, well, I'll tell you first and foremost, as a as a player, you know, you, you go back all the way to December, January when obviously the workouts started. Those things are a grind. It can be tough for those guys to make it all the way through an extensive off season. The spring practice themselves a grind. So today, as a player, it's all about getting the opportunity to showcase the work that you put in all off season to improve from last year. Uh, and if not from last year, then improving yourself from high school to college. A bunch of early enrollees out here today playing in the rain. Uh, so we get to see Drew Alard get a little bit of wet ball work, which is important as a quarterback in the Big Ten, as we know. Uh, definitely an exciting time to be a Penn State Nittany Lions fan. Uh, I'm really interested in, in the quarterbacks, obviously. That's where we're going to start the show. But um, I was thinking about this, and there's no better player, there's no better person to ask than a former player. Uh, the, the rosters came out uh, just a couple days ago. I think it was last night or, or the day before. Explain to me how it feels when you see the blue and white roster and, uh, you know, looking at it on paper, is that a surprise as a player? Or, or how does that kind of shake out when you're, when you're there um, trying to – figure out how you feel about your position. Yeah, I mean, as a player, you typically don't have a whole lot of questions uh, as to as to the depth uh, that you may be seeing on offense or defense and where you stand in terms of that. But I'll tell you what, if you, I mean, any fan can look at that, the way those teams are split and see a lot of the starters and veteran guys over on that blue squad. Um, so, you know, if you're a guy on that white squad, you still may be playing on Saturdays, uh, but it should definitely be an alert call that, hey, right now, coaches see you as a depth guy. Uh, and if you want a more increased role, you're going to have to earn it over the course of the summer in training camp. Is there, I hate to always ask this question, but the transfer portal is a real thing. So, you know, is there anything that you see in terms of, okay, this guy's on the blue squad because we, we want to make sure he stays on the team through the, through the next part of the, the summer and doesn't, uh, you know, outside of the get into the transfer portal uh, at, at some point in the next couple of weeks or something like that? I'll tell you what, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Um, I think definitely as a staff, you got to be careful about guys who may be growing frustrated with their role. Uh, but at the same time, I know Coach Franklin, he's not a guy uh, that feeds lies or false hope to people. Uh, he's very honest and transparent. And honestly, as a player, you respect the coaches that keep it real about where you're at on the depth chart uh, because it gives you the best opportunity to prepare and come back from it. 
So let's get into the quarterbacks then. Uh, we, we've talked about setting the scene here, BWI Live and the Blaze Alexander Family Dealerships Tailgate 2023. Let's talk about the quarterbacks because out here, whoever shows up today in the rain, uh, they want to see Drew Aller. They want to see Bo Prabula. It, what are you looking for? Let's start from not what a fan might want to look for, but what are you trying to learn or trying to get a, a vibe from from these two guys that are battling through one of I call maybe the, the sleepiest quarterback competition I've seen in a long time. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Number one, we'll start with Drew Alar, of course. I have no questions about the type of talent the kid has. We know what type of arm talent he has. We, we saw him come in last year uh, and contribute in some valuable ways for that Penn State offense. But what I want to see now in year two is how much he's grown in the sense of the way he operates the offense. When he takes command, uh, does that offense respond to him? Is he able to do it? Uh, the rain is an added element that I love uh, that is here today because, again, playing the Big Ten down the stretch in the winter, you're going to have to deal with some wet balls. You're going to have to be able to still run that offense. So that's number one. Uh, in terms of Bo Prabula, you know, he's a guy from all reviews, from the coaches to the players to the people who have the opportunity to go watch practice. They all say he's a guy who's developing rapidly. Uh, reminds me a lot of Trace McSorley, who I was teammates with in 2018, is a competitor, is a workhorse. Um, and to me, it's it's a tremendous value to have two quarterbacks that can go in and play at a high level. And I want to see if Bo's one of those guys today. So what does that look like then? So kind of spin it forward to what the fans might see. Um, there's a lot of, I'd say, simplification in the blue-white game. Yep. I doubt Manny Diaz is going to show a lot of what he is, wants to confuse a quarterback with today. So are you looking for completion percentage, big plays? Um, what is it that you're looking for out of those two guys to show you that they've progressed? Yeah, it's a mix of a lot of things. I don't think if you're either one of those guys, you have to get too far out of the realm of who you are as a quarterback. Uh, when I think of Drew Alar, I'm not thinking of a guy that's going to hurt you with his legs uh, more than he needs to. But Bo's a guy who I want to see uh, extend plays outside of the pocket, be able to whip the ball downfield, keep the offense and those chains moving. Um, and, again, it doesn't need to be too much. Again, limiting turnovers in the rain against the hungry Manny Diaz defense. Yes, it's going to be simple on both sides of the ball. Uh, but, nonetheless, it's still going to be competitive. And both those coordinators, when the bullets start flying today, are going to pull out some tricks out of the hat. Yeah, because they want to win, right? No doubt. You know, the, the, it, I, I, I find that interesting because, you know, both of the offensive coordinators are on the blue squad. But I think at a certain point, the people calling the plays, it's competition. James Franklin does this intentionally where I was looking at the blue-white roster. The offensive uh, auxiliary staff is uh, split by blue and white. Yep. The graphics department is split by blue and white. He wants to make this a competition across the board. And when you get there, sometimes the competition gets a little – gets the better of you sometimes. So you might see a little bit, right? Yeah, you'll definitely see a little bit of it. And Coach Franklin, again, he's no dummy. This guy wants to make this environment in Beaver Stadium feel competitive for those players and for the staff because, again, the next time they're in here playing, it's going to be the real deal. And you want to Make sure guys are prepared for that moment when it comes. So you don't go through the blue-white game without talking about the fall, because really this is all just an appetizer yep. for what happens in September and beyond. So um, what are you expecting out of the 2023 team and out of Drew Aller and Bo Prabula, whoever is the, the quarterback, uh, when they lace it up against West Virginia. Yeah, this is the, in my opinion, the most talented roster of the Franklin era. Now, again, that's easy to say in April. Um, you want to see some good signs on the offensive and defensive line. When West Virginia comes in here, there should be a noticeable, noticeable skill gap specifically up front. Um, Drew Alar is going to take however long he takes to develop. I don't know if he'll be ready week one or if it'll be week four where he starts to look like the five-star out. Um, but today's an important step in doing that. Uh, and, again, 
to me, the most important thing is the battle up front. It's how the receivers have developed. Who's going to step up and be that number one guy without Parker Washington here? Yeah. Um, you know, those are the questions I'm looking to get answered today before West Virginia rolls around in the fall. So one of the things that I look for kind of in this game, and, and I looked at Christian Veyer last year, and this is just as an example of things we may maybe we didn't know about him before because we had such a limited sample size coming out of 2021 into the spring game. How do you look? How does your ball accuracy and ball placement look? And, um, you know, we learned a little bit about Veyer during the blue-white game. Uh, for me, with Drew Aller, there's – there's the right decision on every play, and then there's the safe de- decision on every play, right? So I, I, I want to see in this game where it's not he can't get hit, um, and he's not going to lose a game by throwing an interception. Does he push the ball down the field? And I don't mean just yeah. the big plays, Aeneas. I mean you, you like if you're in if you're against the zone and you want to throw with anticipation into his zone and beat a defender over his ear hole. Like I want to see uh, one or two of those throws to show. The, the decision-making, the timing, and the accuracy. No doubt. Those are the things that I, I guess I look for in a quarterback. But it, it is if uh, in, in this controlled scrimmage, maybe those opportunities present themselves. Maybe they don't. Um, from Prabula, without the threat of his legs, does that modify anything of what you expect of him in this game? Uh, no, I, I still think the threat of his legs is still there uh, in terms of what Bo brings to the table. I think you'll see it on display today. I think the interesting thing, just to give a little insight into how these scrimmages are, are built together, there are certain play calls that Coach Franklin picks out that he knows are going to put certain players in certain position groups in tough situations that make them think on their feet and make them, again, be able to operate under that pressure. So, you know, Drew Alar, Manny Diaz may not be dialing up a lot of pressures, but there is going to be a time where he has to roll out of that pocket and make a big throw down the field because that's how it was designed. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he responds under that pressure. I'm a little bit more confident how Drew does it because I saw him last year a little bit. Mm-hmm. But again, Bo Prabula, this is really our first look at him in a long time. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds. Do you, do you expect there to be um, the competitive element and, and, and the, the depth chart and everything that I think on the outside we want to see and we want to know? How, um, how much do you take from what's going on on the field in terms of indication of, okay, Drew is the guy and Bo is, is the number two? And that's clear cut. Like we may have this conversation. James Franklin may say publicly, this is a quarterback battle, but all the indications are Drew's the guy. Do you, do you expect to see any of that stuff today that gives you those clear indications? Yeah. I, you know, to be honest, I don't think after today, there'll be any decisions made, you know, what people got to remember is coach Franklin sees this as practice number 15 of the yeah. spring. And that's all he sees it as they've had 14 other practices to kind of highlight who they are, what they're all about. Coach Franklin hasn't made any decisions yet. I was around for the Sean Clifford, Will Levis quarterback battle yeah. uh, when Tommy Stevens transferred and Tracy graduated. And they, they let that thing extend all the way into camp towards the back end of it. I don't think it goes that long, uh, but I do think Coach Franklin at least lets it roll over until the first week of camp uh, before making any public announcements. So uh, l- let me just push you here a little push bit. Me. Come on. Because, yeah, internally, do you believe it? So, you know, there are every indication. Let me give you an example I, I, point, I pointed out before. When the quarterbacks are together during practice, during open yep. practice, somebody gives the signal for the for the, the snap. Yep. And every single time that I've observed the quarterbacks, it's Drew. Yep. So, like, other people have to notice that as well. So, yeah. do you believe when they say it's an open competition, these two guys are battling? We don't see everything, obviously. We see very little. But are, do you believe it when we go into the first week of camp and there hasn't been somebody... Uh, named, or do you know that the writing's on the wall? Yeah, I guess my thing is, unless somebody comes out of the gate and says Bo Prabula is the starting quarterback, then I am assuming 
that Drew Allar is a starting quarterback. And I think even guys inside the locker room and around the country are assuming that Drew Allar is that guy. Um, again, got more reps last year in game time situations, the higher recruit. All signs point to it being Drew. But again, I've heard several reports that Bo has played his tail off in yeah. spring ball. Uh, it has made it close, which is forcing Coach Franklin's hand in letting the competition continue to develop. The the, the last thing I'll say that I, I'm interested in here is the um, the way the offense functions, I guess, with both of those guys under center. We've talked about the ability for uh, Perbula to move, and Aller can move a little bit, but maybe not the same athlete. Um, we talk about Trace McSorley, and and I again, I this always comes out as like a disrespectful thing to Trace McSorley, but he was an elite competitor. He was an elite mind for the game, but. Bo is 6'2". Yep. Like, fundamentally, what made Trace McSorley himself was he was so good, but he, he lacked those traits. Do you see, when you say, when you say Trace McSorley, are you also saying the same limitations um, in terms of arm strength and the ability to push the ball into tight windows? No, you know, to be honest, I think Bo is probably a step up on Trace in terms of arm talent. I can say that, you know, pretty comfortably. He's shown that time and time again in practice. That's what all the reports say about him. Now, until we see him in a game... You know, Trace McSorley is up there on that Mount Rushmore Penn State quarterbacks for a reason. So yep. no disrespect to Trace. Um, but again, Bo is bigger. He does have more arm talent. He may not be quite as shifty as Trace McSorley, but he's on the same type of level athletically. Uh, and it should give reason, fans a reason to be excited. Uh, again, a part of the reason I mentioned initially that I want to see how both the quarterbacks are able to operate the offense is because that may be the most important thing. Which quarterback is going to give Penn State football the collective roster, which is chalk full of talent, the best opportunity to take that next step in the Big Ten. And today is a big part of that. It is going to be fun to watch here in just about 45 minutes when things kick off. It's rainy here, Beaver Stadium, for those of you not out of the tailgate lots. If you are at the tailgate lots, this is 99.5 The Bus. It's the Blaze Alexander Family Dealership's tailgate 2023 for the blue-white game. I'm Thomas Rankar of Blue White Illustrated. He is Aeneas Hawkins, former Penn State defensive tackle and football expert. We are going to be with you for the next 45 minutes talking about each position because we're huge football nerds. Huge we, got, nerds. we got to know each other a little bit this week. We, we think the same way about football. So we're going to be breaking down as many of the positions as we can cram into the next 45 minutes. We started with quarterbacks, but we're going to go through the roster. A uh, little bit light on running backs because I was talking to Nick Singleton's dad earlier this week. I was trying, or earlier today, trying very hard to call him Nicholas to uh, his dad's <laughs> face. Um, but uh, with all due respect, we know that those running backs are excellent. So we're going to uh, focus on the receiver position, the defensive tackle position, because we've got Aeneas here. We're going in the trenches, getting a breakdown of that coming up in just a little bit. This is also simulcast on Blue White Illustrated. YouTube channel. This is BWI Live. So if you're watching the video on YouTube, please give us a like. Hi, everybody over there. I have not been looking at the camera. It has been terrible in my brain, which is why one of the reasons why I've been stumbling all over my words, because my brain is split in two different ways. But we're going to have a great time over the next 45 minutes. If you're watching here on the YouTube channel, you get a little bit extra content. But we're going to take a break now on 99.5 The Bus and be back in just one minute to break down uh, the receivers, the running backs, and the tight ends. If we get all to that, I'm Thomas Reichar. He's Aeneas Hawkins. We'll be right back with that. Penn State football takes the field on Saturday at 2 p.m. for the annual blue-white game. To get you ready, here are the five offensive players we'll be watching. Number five. Penn State's top tight ends, Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren, aren't participating in spring ball this year, leaving third-year player Khalil Dinkins as the top player at the position. He flashed at times last season for Penn State, especially non-conference action. It'll be illuminating to see how he's developed as a blocker this season. Number four. 
I've yet to find someone who opens their mouth to talk about guard Vega Ioane that doesn't start raving about his abilities. From head coach James Franklin all the way down to his teammates, Ioane's size, athleticism, and abilities keep coming up. Yeah, I mean he's he's dense is what we say because he's he's heavy, but he doesn't he doesn't he carries it really well. He's picking things up, like he's picking up the schemes and everything like that. He's playing really violent. He's also playing really quick, which is surprising on how heavy he is. Um, he's a he's an insane athlete for his size. Number three. Throughout the spring, head coach James Franklin has talked about two receivers that have stood out: veteran Keandre Lambert Smith and Trey Wallace. Wallace is still a relatively new player for fans. He caught 19 passes for 273 yards last season and was a big play threat for the Nittany Lions in several games. So what does that progress look like? In our observations of him this spring, he has looked better, but that's routes on air. Watching him run routes against Penn State's secondary will be an exciting matchup that could result in some big plays for the fans on Saturday. Number two. Many Penn State fans have already given someone else the starting quarterback job, but nobody told Bo Perbula. The ultra-competitive Pennsylvania native has been battling for the position all offseason and will get his chance to shine against the first and second team defense on Saturday. Number one. Of course, here we are. Drew Aller is the number one reason fans will pile into Beaver Stadium on Saturday. Aller's skills and development are the main ingredients that could make or break Penn State's 2023 season. Full stop. This team's Big Ten Championship aspirations are real if the light fully comes on for the 6'5 passer. Here's the thing. Aller's game is predicated on doing the hard things at the position. He has the arm to make difficult throws that can change games and seasons, but it's not about the arm. It's about hitting the correct window and making the best play available instead of taking the safe option. That's our look at the five most interesting offensive players to watch on Saturday during the blue-white game. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Don't forget to sign up for BlueWhiteIllustrated.com right now for our when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Beaver Stadium. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. The Blaze Alexander Family Dealerships Tailgate 2023 and BWI Live. We are here watching the players warm up at Beaver Stadium. The crowd 
it's what you expect for a blue-white game in the rain. Not everybody sitting in the stadium yet because everyone's outside tailgating. Having a great time uh, in Happy Valley. If you are here listening on 99.5 The Bus, appreciate that. You can also check out our show, Blue White Illustrated, on YouTube here on the BWI Live uh, thread if you are uh, out there not here in Happy Valley. Let's talk with Aeneas Hawkins. He is a former Penn State defensive tackle and football expert about the offensive skill positions uh, as we head into the blue-white game today. We're going to start with wide receivers because that has been the biggest competition of the spring. James Franklin has said there are two players that have stood out, Keandre Lambert-Smith and uh, third-year player Harrison Trey Wallace. Um, In that third competition, what are you looking for today to – kind of give you a gauge of where the the rest of the receivers are yeah i'm looking for for a third guy to step up and make some big time plays whether it's a a 15 20 yard catch over the middle or being able to kind of compliment off of harrison and and keandre lember smith those things are going to be important the two people i'm going to call out immediately are amari evans uh, and liam clifford two guys that saw a lot of game action last year Uh, when they were needed they stepped up i think both of them played pretty well for being young guys that you didn't necessarily expect to fulfill big roles um, but again, this is another year. This is another year of maturation, and, and they're expected to be veteran guys that can step in uh, and provide good production. So I'm looking at those two. I'm looking at uh, Cephas, the transfer. I'm looking at a lot of guys uh, who have an opportunity to step up and make some big plays. I, I believe Malik Mega is out here running around still doing this thing. There's a lot of young talent that just needs to take that next step and yeah. be that guy. And I don't think that's limited to just the third receiver. Uh, we lost Parker Washington. Jahan Dotson is in year two in the NFL coming up. It's time for Keandre Lambert-Smith to step up and be that guy. Um, he has every capability to do it. We saw flashes of it in the Rose Bowl, uh, and now it's about being consistent. So definitely excited to see this group more so than a lot of the other ones today. What does consistent mean? Because this is something that we talk about quite a bit when it comes to players is, you know, flashing versus consistent. So what goes into being consistent as a football player? Yeah, well, you know, on a very broad level, being a consistent receiver, number one, means that you're a guy that is a threat to go beat one-on-one coverage at any time. Uh, Keandre is not a terribly large human being. He's not a guy that's going to go over the top of you uh, and make a bunch of plays. He's not a 6'4 guy. Uh, although that's in his repertoire, he's got to be a guy that has to run terrific routes on a consistent level, um, which he's capable of doing. Again, he was a guy that was a young guy when Jahan Dotson was here, uh, mm-hmm. played alongside Parker Washington. Jahan was mentored by K.J. Hammer. We've had ter- tremendous route runners here yeah. over the last few years. He's got a, a wide body of people to study and learn from, um, and I'm sure he's a guy that's doing that and crafting. And, again, back to Trey Wallace, a guy with huge athletic upside. Yeah. Um, Got to show it off more. Got to be more consistent again. And with a guy like Drew Allard back there, I expect both of them to take a big step in 2023. So with the receiver competition, another thing that James Franklin has talked about and kind of the receiver conversation has been big plays. And you talked yep. about going deep one-on-one with, with Keandre Lambert-Smith. So when we talk about the receiver position and uh, who has stepped up, do they have that guy on the outside? James Franklin has talked about break a tackle, go 80. Explosive plays. The biggest way you can change and affect the game of football on the offensive side is not necessarily at running back, it's at receiver because there are fewer players on the outside. Do those two guys satisfy that need for this roster? And are you looking for a slot receiver? Because you mentioned um, you mentioned Liam Clifford, or are they still looking for consistency in the explosive play perimeter receivers? 
how does that break down when yeah. you're trying to fulfill both finding a third guy and finding those explosive plays? Well, I'll tell you what. When you're in the Big Ten and you want to be one of the best in the Big Ten, you look at who are the top two teams in the conference. We look at Michigan and we look at Ohio State. You know, sometimes you're going to have matchups you don't like on the outside. Sometimes they're matchups on the inside with your slot guys that you know you're probably not going to win. So you have to have a coverage beater at all three of the spots on the field at all times. And if you don't, then you're putting at risk your offense's ability to continue to move the ball. What we know that Penn State football has coming into 2023 is a dependable running game with a dependable running back room and a veteran offensive line. Those are three things that we have not had at Penn State at a consistent basis for a long, long time. It's finally here. So now, who is that guy going to be on the outside? Is it Keandre Lambert-Smith? Is it Harrison Wallace uh, bumping inside? Another name we'll throw out, Caden Saunders, a guy who mm-hmm. was highly touted, uh, is shifty as all get out. Is he a guy that steps up in the slot? Um, again, one of these young guys has to develop and step up and mature early. So that's a, that's a kind of setting up what I was wondering about that whole situation is there are certain guys kind of on the offensive line. I've talked about this uh, this week. We'll get to it a little bit about position versatility inside, outside of ability in at the receiver position is kind of the same thing. So um, if one of those slot guys steps up, does that change what you want to do? then on the outside and, and make that make the position availability different. Yeah, I, I think that's the interesting thing about it. At receiver specifically, depending on who the guy that steps up is and where he steps up at, you know, some of these guys are capable of playing multiple receiver spots. Not all of them are, but whoever that guy that steps up is does directly dictate who the next man up is in the slot or maybe at the X or whatever you may have, uh, which is the reason we saw a lot of Liam Clifford last year, why we saw a lot of Amari Evans last year. Uh, it's just the way that some of the other depth worked itself out. Amari, to me, has been one of the biggest surprises over the last year and a half is because this guy, watching his high school film and, and breaking his film down for T. Frank's film room, he played quarterback last yeah. uh, in high school at Texas. He was a slash player. I don't know that he really had a whole lot of – like even quarterback, it was, it was a very raw position for him. He was an athlete back there, and he ran some button hooks at slot receiver sometimes. So his ability to transition and be the guy out of that four-receiver class in 2022 that played last year and is taking that next step now, it's not just the speed at this point. It's now becoming a full understanding of the position. And when we talk about those big plays and we talk about wanting to get more of those, you know, I I think a lot of fans look at Caden Saunders and and the high four-star ranking and why hasn't he been the guy. It To me, like, it's also the relief then of, you took four guys, and sometimes it's a lottery when you re- when you go into recruiting when it comes yep. to the numbers of players at a certain position. And the fact that Amari Evans is the guy, I think, is just one of those things that's surprising, but also fascinating when you give his his yeah. speed and his ability to to uh, his potential at the position. It, it reminds me a lot of you know my class in 2018. We had three wide receivers. Uh, the first one you mentioned was Justin Shorter, five-star, yep. number one in the country. The next one most people mentioned was Daniel George, who was also a guy that they thought would be really, really good early. And you know who the guy was that stepped up the most and stepped up often was Jahan Dotson, a guy that they did not expect to come in and have an early role uh, as early as his second year being one of the guys. Uh, so Amari's got a great opportunity. Franklin's not a guy who looks at stars once you get on campus. Yeah, uh, Everything's earned, and clearly Amari's been the guy that's earned it first. Yeah, and the the receiver position, and this is how I'm going to fold in the corners into our discussion. We're going to get a little bit of the matchup here quickly. Um, uh, Is that going to affect anything? Because this is a very good Penn State secondary. So if you don't see guys make plays, um, you know, do you then tip your cap to the defense? And and who are the corner receiver matchups you're interested in today that you might see? Yeah, well, in terms of corner receiver matchups, I'm excited to watch. It's Kalen King. 
and it's Kalen King versus Keandre. It's Kalen King versus Harrison Wallace. Uh, they have the benefit, Trey and Dre do, of playing against what may very well be the best cornerback in college football next year, and they're playing against him every day. Um, so excited to see if they get crafty and maybe get some uh, some good catches and yards off on them. Um, but then again, I look at guys from the transfer portal like Storm Duck. Uh, I look at Dante Cephas as another guy. What does he do today? Malik Mega. Um, the depth guys are what I'm most concerned with. I think we know what we have in Kalen King. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and another thing I'll say is how do the coaches see Storm Duck versus a Johnny Dixon, who is, you know, probably the favorite to win that number two spot. Um, there are some interesting battles out of that corner group behind Kalen yeah. King that I'm interested in. Another guy, Daquan Hardy, has played a lot of football at Penn State. How does he function in? Is he still that slot guy with the addition of Storm Duck? Um, and today is going to answer a lot of those questions to me. Yeah, that that's another one that would just Daquan Hardy's story. I could do another twenty minute segment on no Daquan doubt. Hardy and and his journey through Manny Diaz's defense last year and what he was before. And man, it's just there are so many things to get to, but we don't have we don't have all day unfortunately because there's a game at two p.m. No uh, one last question about the corners and the receivers is we're watching everybody warm up here. I'm looking down at my roster. Storm Duck is on the second team, yep. um, and you've got another guy. And just for example. KJ Winston, somebody that everyone's very high on, is on is on. I should say the white team, not the second team. But the white team typically has been those those depth guys that you talked about earlier. Yep. Um, is there a benefit to if you're a receiver to being on the second team? You want to make a play, and you're going to be out there presumably more because you're not behind Keandre and Trey. Yeah, and that's that's really what it's about. Like a guy like Liam Clifford, who's on the white team, mm-hmm. um, but is a guy that's going to play in some capacity in 2023. You know, he's number one, going to get to go against the best corners on the field, and it's a rep thing. A big part of how they split this up is to make sure that the guys that they want to see on film in game-like situations, make sure that they get enough reps and make sure they have enough to evaluate off of. So if you're a guy like Liam Clifford, um, if you're a guy like K.J. Winston, whoever you may have that is a guy that maybe can play on Saturdays, you want to be on that white team for the sake of reps. Yeah, and Drew, uh, Drew Aller, Bo Perbula, and uh, Jackson Smog all on the white team as well. Yep. So but all, all the quarterbacks are on both teams. So it's uh, a technical thing, I'd say. It is. You know, one of those, eh, technically, uh-huh. uh, Drew Allers on, on the white team. <laughs> um, just quickly here, we got yeah. about a, a minute and a half uh, talking about, we're just squeezing in here with the running backs and the tight ends. Uh, with both Theo Johnson and um, Tyler Warren not uh, participating in spring practice so far, what are you looking for from the, the young tight ends um, to see from them today? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Two guys I'm excited to watch, uh, you know, Jerry Cross and Khalil Dinkins, uh, was teammates with Khalil. He was a young guy, was still feeling the game out. Football was still pretty new to him. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, from all reports, again, he's a guy that's developed tremendously, especially over the spring. He's turned into a leader. Uh, he's ready to step up with the absence of Brenton Strange and hopefully be that third tight end. Uh, but don't look over your shoulder because Jerry Cross is another guy that the coaches seemingly are very high on. Uh, another guy is developing rapidly. That tight end room, I'll tell you what, since 2018 with Pat Frymuth has continued to get deeper and deeper, yeah. uh, and they develop more and more guys. So definitely excited to see those two uh, more so than anybody else. It's funny. I, I made a joke before somewhere, I think, at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Uh, on our Lions Den Mesh Forum, which you can sign up for, by the way, bluewhiteillustrated.com. Uh, it is just $10 for four months of access right now. And uh, I made the joke at one of the message forum forums. Somebody asked me, hey, um, what is the tight end room, what do you think of how it's how well it's set up? I'm like, what do you mean short, medium, or long term? Because yes is the yes. answer. They're good at all for, <laughs> for the foreseeable future. Um, and then running backs, uh, yep. Nick Singleton, excellent football player. Katron Allen, excellent football p- player. Um what do you want from them today? 
I want them to stay healthy. <laughs> um, no, um, you know, obviously excited to see a year or two Nick Singleton after the weight room. Katron Allen, no different. Um, but again, health is the primary concern there. I want to see how, you know, obviously there are two different types of backs. Katron's a little bit more patient, a little bit more power to him. And Nick Singleton can take the top off and hit his head off the goalpost anytime he seemingly wants to. Um, so, you know, just seeing how they feed off of each other, that can be exhausting for a defense to have to handle. And, again, it matches up perfectly well because the Penn State defensive line, specifically defensive tackle, has some questions that a lot of people in these stands want to get answered today. All right, so are, are you ready for the next segment? Because I'm turning it over to you. Like the whole next segment, Let's we're do doing it. O-line, D-line. We're going in the trenches with Aeneas Hawkins next on the Blue White Illustrated live show and uh, the Blaze Alexander Family Dealerships Tailgate 2023. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. If you're here on our uh, YouTube channel, you're going to see a little bit of some special content. But if you're uh, on 99.5 The Bus, continue tailgating, continue having an awesome time. It is 1.30. Just going to give you the reminder that if you want to see the kickoff to the game, it's coming up in about half an hour. So uh, we'll be back in just one moment on the Blaze Alexander Family Dealerships Tailgate 2023. Here are the five defensive players you need to watch during the game. Number five. Okay, so there's a 50-50 chance that we don't get to see very much of Abdul Carter during the blue-white game. The team is probably going to try and protect its best players during the scrimmage. However, the lack of linebacker depth might put Carter on the field more than we expect. Carter isn't just bigger, faster, and stronger after his breakout freshman season. He's also smarter. Another year in the system has given everyone more time to tinker with how to best use Penn State's newest freakazoid linebacker. Number four. We're selecting two cornerbacks, freshman Elliot Washington and sophomore Cam Miller, because we want to see the young guys at the position. Miller was a standout to the coaching staff last season. Meanwhile, Washington exited his first winter conditioning at six foot, 200 pounds. But the blue-white game should be a good chance to see how his technique has improved since high school. Number three. Caleb Artis arrived in Happy Valley at a solid 6'4", 315 out of high school last year. However, he was very raw for the position. After some good juice this spring, where is he on the learning curve? Saturday won't give us the full answer, but it will give us a better picture of where we can dial him in on that process. Number two. Even Penn State head coach James Franklin doesn't really sound like he believes the transformation that Tony Rojas has undergone this spring. He's put on 29 pounds since he's been here, um, and it's good weight. I don't know how that's necessarily possible, but he's put on 29 pounds. That is nuts. Not only that, but the Virginia Gatorade Player of the Year has looked very good in positional drills this spring during open practice. He's a converted defensive end from high school, so that is a big piece of the puzzle. How he plays at full speed will be a great first step to understanding how much we should expect of him this fall, and just like Artis, where he is on that learning curve. Number one. Penn State's five-star defensive end from 2022, Denai Dennis Sutton, tops the list of players that you've got to watch during the blue-white game. Not only does he have freakish strength that he's improved since last season, but he's a humble and insanely hardworking player who spent this offseason getting better at his craft. There's a logjam at defensive end for the fall, but veteran Adisa Isaac shouldn't see too many snaps during the game, because why would he? 
That opens the door for Dennis Sutton to put on a show after an offseason of work on his game. We're dying to see what it looks like. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Be sure to subscribe to BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Right now for our spring game special, you can sign up for just $10 and get four months of I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Welcome back to uh, Blue White Illustrated Tailgate, uh, BWI Live, and the Blaze Alexander Family Dealerships Tailgate 2023. Uh, by the fourth intro, Aeneas, I'm going to get that right. There I'm you at, go. I'm going to I'm going to nail it by the fourth time. By the time we're done here today, uh, but it's your this is your segment. So we're doing yeah. O line D line. Um, tell me what you want you want the people to know about. Uh, we're starting with the offensive line, right? Is what you said. Absolutely. Okay. Start with the offensive line. When we get to talk about the trenches, man, ladies and gentlemen, hear me out. This is the only thing that matters. Okay, I'm not going <laughs> to oh. say it's the only thing, but it is the only thing. <laughs> Just say it. Just do um, it. We're going to start with the offensive line, and ladies and gentlemen, again, you got a group that you should be very well excited about. It's been a long time uh, since Happy Valley has had this formidable of an offensive line, in my opinion, and we got to start with no one else other than the Olu Fashionu, who made the decision to come back for another year he is legitimately the number one tackle in the country in my opinion tall lengthy athletic kid a guy who's played a lot of reps uh a guy that we don't have to talk about a lot on saturdays and that's a good thing that's what you want out of your left yeah. tackles guys that you're not hearing about uh, and olu's one of those guys uh, another thing that's a positive sign as i'm watching them warm up right now it looks like landon tangwall is finally healthy um and he's a guy highly highly touted as a recruit I think he got his offer from Penn State when he was 13 years old. Uh, he's been the same size for 10 years. He's a guy who is an NFL guard, uh, has all the makings of a guy who should be an all Big Ten caliber player. And him and Olu playing next to each other, I'll tell you what, is dangerous. Yeah. And it's something that Nick Singleton and Catron Allen, I assure you, are very thankful for. Uh, where it starts to get interesting, as I see it, we start looking at that center position. A name that I want to throw out there right now is Hunter Norzad. Uh, look for him to take some center reps today. The interesting thing about that is when he was first at Cornell before transferring to Penn State, he started off as a tackle. Last year, he played a lot of guard. But now with Juice Scruggs leaving, an NFL guy, we're going to have to replace that that void that is left by Juice. And I think Hunter's a guy who's going to do that. Uh, he's an old man. He's a fifth year. He's a, he's a, a guy who's a vet, and he's played a lot of football. He's going to have to take command. On that offensive line, he's he, go ahead. I was going to ask you just to follow up about that. What what's the advantage of having a guy that played tackle at one le- at one level and yep. is now playing at center? Is there are, are there advantages from an athletic standpoint of putting somebody like that at center? Yeah, I think there's some some huge advantages just athletically. You know, you're a guy that had to had to defend edge guys. You're de- you're used to dealing with quickness and with length. Um, but now the question is. Typically, when you have a guy transition to center all the way from tackle, are they physical enough? And we know Hunter Norzad is physical enough. He was a guy that played guard last year, mm-hmm. had some highlight reel blocks where he's just lighting guys up. Um, so, again, now it becomes, can you gel that offensive line together uh, in your first year at center of Penn State? Another name that I'll throw out there today uh, that will compete with Hunter for reps is Nick Dawkins, who I think, whether it's this year or next year, is a guy who plays quality, quality minutes for Penn State at a high level. Uh, So look for that competition today as well. We go over to right guard. A guy that I'm super excited about is Salim Wormley. He's a guy who, before his knee injury two years ago, in my opinion, was the best guard the Penn State football had. Uh, Last year, we saw him return to form a bit, played well, a lot of starting reps. But now, can he take that bound? Uh, in his second year as the full-time starter at that right guard spot. Where does he need to take a step? What are the areas you think that he needs to improve? Yeah, he's always been a big physical guy, uh, always can improve his movement, uh, always can be more consistent in the past pro game. Um, but again, as a guy that's a total package as a guard player, has a heck of a punch, strong kid, and really good in the run game. 
So looking looking forward to seeing how he looks in the second year as a starter. And then we go to right tackle. Um, we have a guy named Caden Wallace back who, again, it was a highly touted guy, has played a bunch of minutes for Penn State, had dealt with some injuries last year. We saw him lose some reps to Bryce Effner, who has since graduated, moved on. And then that leads me right to Drew Shelton, who was a guy who's going to compete for that starting right tackle job uh, with Caden. But what you're hearing is an is a offensive line that we know is going to put a quality unit out uh, with its first team. But you're also hearing some of the depth pieces that are available right. as well, which is new. Vega Ioni is another guy that we got to throw out. J.B. Nelson, Nick Dawkins, like we said, the one to two deep across all the positions is finally filled, and it's not been like that for years at Penn State football on that offensive line. The the depth to me is the, is the biggest thing of like competition and genuinely creating an environment where uh, maybe a couple years ago a guy didn't have to necessarily worry about his starting job because if he could just go out there and practice and play and, and be what he was, yep. now if a guy uh, is not putting in the effort, what does that competition do to uh, a player that's a starter? And, and do you see anybody... Are there any positions that you think are a battle where somebody could surprise us and overtake one of those starters you just mentioned? Or, like you mentioned with Bryce Efter, take some reps from a guy. Yeah, and you know, they say iron sharpens iron. So what it does is for the starters, the guys who know that they should be playing on Saturdays, it makes them lo- show up every day and take their job seriously and continue to craft and get better because they know finally that the guy that's on their heels behind them oftentimes is just as talented and is probably just younger. And that's probably the only differentiator. So they now know, hey, I can't take any time off and I got to continue to develop or my job is at, at risk, which is an awesome thing to have across the offensive line. And also with the injuries that you see up front in those trenches, that's a position that a lot of times you're going to see some turnover naturally anyway. So you got to have yeah. that depth. Um, again, if there's one spot that I think, hey, maybe this guy could lose a job out to a young guy, it comes down to Caden Wallace and Drew Sheldon. I think Caden is the favorite to win the job. He's a fifth-year guy um, and is as talented as anybody else, and it's just a matter of health. But Drew Sheldon, again, as a young man, as a true freshman, came in and filled a void at tackle and honestly did a tremendous job um, for what really is not an easy job in the Big Ten. It's the hardest position on the offensive line, according to most people. And he came yep. in and played it to, in a way that they were able to win football games, all of the football games he played. 100%. Um, go ahead. I was just going to say, when we shift over to the defense, let's focus on the defensive tackle specifically. Let's really yep. get into that position yep. because that's your expertise. But also, that's the biggest question mark and the biggest competition on the defensive line because the defensive ends, if I just summed it up, if this yeah. is, a, is okay, it's like, they're freaking awesome. Yeah. And <laughs> real quick on that note, the best defensive end group in the James Franklin era again. Oh, yeah. Adisa Isaac, Chop Robinson. Uh, Smith Vilber, uh, a guy like Deny Dennis Sutton, who very well could be the next first-round draft pick out of that defensive line room. So, again, depth out the wazoo. They are all over the place, talent everywhere. We go and look at that defensive tackle spot, and that's where the questions are. P.J. Mustafer, who was a multi-year captain, a three-year starter at the spot, is gone and off to the NFL. Who's going to step up and be the physical tone setter that Penn State just naturally had with P.J. for so many years? I look at a guy like Devon Elise. Is he going to step up here in year five? Akeem Beeman, is he ready to finally take that bound as an elite defensive tackle? And then I look at the young guys. Zane Durant is a guy who's put on a ton of weight, has done everything the right way, and is as freaky of an athlete as anybody in the defensive tackle room has seen in the last decade. Um, another guy I want to throw out, J.J. Vandenberg. Who does yeah. he step up? Because I is on is a guy who very well should be competing for starting minutes. Who are the two guys, and then who are the two guys behind them that are going to come in without there being too much drop-off? At the end of the day, if you want to go to where you want to go as Penn State, you got to be able to stop Michigan from running the football. you got to stop Travion Henderson and Miles Williams at Ohio State, and those guys in the defensive tackle room are critical to that. 
So when it comes to uh, Zane Durant, I want to drill down a little bit there on him because he's a guy that flashed last year and developed into a great pass rusher, got a couple sacks at the end of the season. And I think most importantly, I think it's a, a credit when a freshman, Jalen Reed, did this, where you have a part in a package. Yep. He was a part of the third down package, uh, the Prowler package, at the end of the season. So is more of that good enough, or does he have to be one of those guys that then contributes more in the run game on early downs? Um, what are your expectations for yeah. his play in, in a more specific sense, maybe today, or also just kind of looking long-term at the, at the season? Yeah, I'll call it how I see it. You know, as a true freshman, again, had a package in third downs, and that's lovely. Great that he got on the field as a true freshman at D-tackle. It's not easy to do. But in year two, my expectation is that he's an every-down defensive tackle. Mm -hmm. He has to be a guy that can play the three technique, but also better be physical enough to go down there and play that nose tackle position and be effective. He's strong as an ox. He's a tremendous athlete, but how do we go about making that leap in year two. He's put in the work. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, and I know that everybody else's ex expectations for Zane are the same, um, and his expectations for himself are, are right there as well. Uh, we're going to shift back quickly to the offensive line because I promised yeah. you I'd do this, but also I just want to give a quick update. Uh, they're introducing the freshman class of 2023. Yep. A couple of these guys early enrollees, so they're out here in their uniforms. Uh, just some observational things. Anthony Donko is not dressed today, so we won't get to see a lot of him. And uh, Zion Tracy, who we haven't seen so far in the summer, also not dressed. He is uh, both those guys in sweats. Uh, but Alex Birchmeyer's out there. Yes, he is. And uh, and I know we wanted to talk about Javen Williams as well. Yep. You wanted to highlight those two offensive linemen. So as we're talking about the freshman class here, tell me, what, what are your thoughts that you want to get out about those two guys? Yeah, well, again, those are two guys that you know should be able to play early if they have to. It would be awesome to keep their red shirts. I'm sure that's something that they're already strategizing around. But again, two high, high-level talent guys that should be you know, something that Penn State fans are excited about. It's a testament to Phil Troutwine and his ability to recruit offensive linemen. And it points, in my opinion, to a brighter future at the position long term that they continue to be able to bring in these high profile five star, uh, you know, top tier guys from around the country. Uh, so definitely excited to see my two young guys out there <laughs> getting after it today. I, uh, I, I remember watching Alex Birchmeyer's film and usually I, d I dive into the full games, the full like you know, your, your play. And I, I watched maybe four minutes of one of his games and I was like, no, this is the same as the highlight film. Yeah. <laughs> this is the same. Like he's just dominating and everything looks yeah. great. He was the closest thing I've seen to Landon Tangwall. Yep. Uh, but that's kind of the, that's kind of the conversation we were having off air is that that's the standard now that yes, Phil Trotwine has said that those guys that look like, Oh wow, this is different. This is different is becoming, this is kind of the expe expectation. This is the standard uh, uh, at the offensive line. So that's pretty exciting. Getting back to the defensive tackles. Now, yep. is there anybody else? I cut you I kind of derailed it there. Anybody else you want to talk about? Last name I want to throw out. That's going to surprise some people. Caleb artists is a big body guy. Uh, most similar to the old school D tackles you saw at Penn state from the Rob Windsor's and PJ Musters, the big physical guys uh, that used to be recruited here so often. He is very similar, and he's a guy that seems like he's ready to contribute in year two. Um, and I expect to see from week one on, and I'll, I would expect to see his reps to increase as the year goes on as well. Has had a tremendous spring, big physical, and could bring that added element that people are saying we need. So here on our chat on the BWI Live, Jason uh, Bazin, who's here live in our chat on the uh, YouTube channel, says, hopefully Zane Duran bulks up to at least 290. Uh, what do you think? You, you were kind of a similar... <clears throat> 
you're a little bit taller, but yeah. you're a little bit bigger of a frame than but yeah. like this should should Zane be two ninety? Yeah, people get caught up with those numbers so okay. easily. I'll tell you what, if you saw Zane in person, he is built like a brick house. He's all muscle. <laughs> yeah. He's two eighty five of muscle. He runs a four or five and he's as strong as anybody on the football team. So that five pounds that you may be concerned about, I'm not as concerned about, um, because he's again a walking muscle. So yeah. <laughs> the kids the kid is gifted by God. It's different. Yeah. He's he's, he's a human <laughs> flexing body. Yeah, can't teach that. <laughs> Cannot teach that. Trust me, if they did teach it, I would be doing it. <laughs> uh, crowd getting warmed up by the Nittany Lion. We are in the pregame festivities right now. If you're out in the tailgate lots listening, uh, the rain has stopped. And uh, come on in. Enjoy the game. Uh, stadium for those listening here. On, and uh, it's okay. You know, we've seen better blue-white games. The rain obviously did have a factor today. Uh, but people are still out enjoying uh, the now sunshine in Happy Valley. We're going to take one final break. Come back. We're going to talk about linebackers specifically. Maybe we'll get to the safeties. Maybe. Uh, uh, depending how much we nerd out about uh, Abdul Carter, position, flexibility, all that stuff. Uh, on the Blaze Alexander Family Dealerships 20, uh, Tailgate 2023 and BWI Live. We'll be back after this. This is Aeneas Hawkins. We're back for one quick final break here as things are about to get started on the field for the Nittany Lions. Uh, we're going to just highlight the linebackers here because the safeties, I think, are very good. And we, uh, if you follow Penn State football, you know all four of those players are going to play. And they're going to play very well. I think we've, we've established, if you've been following along at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com or anywhere else, that those are uh, the, the top four players, Jalen Reed, Keaton Ellis, Zaki Wheatley, and uh, K.J. Winston, all very talented players. So let's get into the linebackers. Let's talk about this position group. Who is someone that stands out to you about what you want to learn more about today on the football field? Yeah, I want to see, you know, this probably is a surprise to anybody, but Abdul Carter. <laughs> what does year two look like for that kid? I played with a guy named Micah Parsons, and I remember the jump he made from year one to year two being nothing short of incredible. Uh, and again, Abdul Carter is in the same stratosphere as a guy like Micah with that number 11 on. So I want to see him in year two. Curtis Jacobs is another guy, a vet, a guy who could be a high-round draft pick because all the talent in the world. How does he look as a veteran? Uh, and again, with, with Tyler Elson looking like he's not playing, with Dom DeLuca looking like he's not playing, who are the other guys who step up? Tony Rojas is a name that keeps being brought up as a young guy who yeah. push for reps early. Uh, so definitely want to see him get after today just as much. So you had to put on weight, I imagine, as a defensive tackle. James Franklin said Tony Rojas put on 29 pounds this spring. First off, uh, do you ever put on 29 pounds in the spring? And how, how do you do that? And how do you make it that good weight is what, uh, how it's described. Yeah, that is the benefit of coming to a place like Penn State University. They've got all the food, nutrition that you could possibly need to put muscle on. Uh, there was one time I went from 255 to 293 <laughs> over the course of a spring and the summer. So Tony Rojas's development is not shocking to me. Um, but again, a super talented guy. Excited to see what he can do. Uh, with Curtis Jacobs, I'm just fascinated because this is a conversation I had with him last year was that he was playing about 229 pounds, and uh, he said that it, it doesn't matter. Like you talked about with uh, Zane Durant. Now he looks significantly different. His body has transformed a little bit even more. He's listed at 235. Uh, and again, not to get too much into the numbers, but is that a decision you make of, okay, come back for one final year, I'm going to uh, put on that weight and play Will Linebacker? Is that is that an indication of him uh, – I don't want to say take, not taking more seriously, but all in on playing at the, at the will. I think that's exactly what it is. Oftentimes, we'll see young guys who are talented 
uh, but not necessarily performing to the highest potential they possibly could. You often see in that last year, they make their mind up and decide that, hey, I'm going to be the guy that I know I can be and that everybody expects me to be. Curtis Jacobs adding six pounds of muscle and coming back is an indication of that if I've ever seen one. So today, uh, when it comes to how we watch them play, are you expecting to see a lot of position versatility with the guys that you mentioned not playing? And on top of that, uh, Kobe King. I, I think we Kobe King. Yeah. How did, how did I forget my guy, Kobe? King? Let's talk about Kobe here for a second. Yeah. Kobe King is another guy who, again, was in a competition with Tyler Elzer for that start and Mike spot. Um, and then towards the middle part of the year, what you saw was the two of them splitting the reps. So, again, that competition is alive and well, ladies and gentlemen. Kobe King and Tyler Elsner going into year two of the competition. Kobe is, again, developing at a high rate, brings a certain sense of physicality and the ability to run sideline to sideline. Um, so, again, expect his name to be in that conversation with starting Mike Backer spot just as much as Elsner's. Um, got a lot of good problems. Anytime you have competition at this many spots uh, with a lot of guys you're already confident in, those are good signs of a good football team. So how does that work today, though, without Tyler Elsden playing and it being just a, a, a light numbers in general, plus now you're splitting the teams, um, how do you see the number of reps? Because I imagine Abdul, Abdul Carter is a lot like um, uh, Nick Singleton here where I don't want to get him hurt. Yeah. But you do have to perform and, and put on a, a show out here. So how do you see those numbers kind of working out today and what we might see? Yeah, you know, I think it just depends on who you are and what the cir circumstance is. Again, I don't see a guy like Olu Fashionu taking an incredible amount of reps unnecessarily. Or Curtis Jacobs is on that list. Kalen King, another guy that you don't necessarily need out there for 60 reps today. And today, realistically, is about the young guys. Um, those young guys that need to step up. The Tony Rojas is the Kobe Kings who are looking to show that they are the Mike Backer. Abdul Carter even is on that list as a guy that we want to see take another step so you know there are a lot of those guys that will take more reps than what you would think uh but coach franklin is no he's no fool either nick singleton is not carrying the ball 35 <laughs> times today so we'll find out more in just a few seconds i'm thomas frank card that is aeneas hawkins that'll do it for the blaze alexander tailgate uh, 2023. We are going to uh, take you live up into the game with Jack Ham and Steve Jones. So for everyone here at uh, Seven Mountains Media, I'd like to thank them for the opportunity to be here. Uh, 25 years, by the way, celebrating 25 years here on 99.5 The Bus. So super excited for all that stuff. We will talk to you uh, next fall. Yes, we will. For everyone here on the live channel, I want to thank everybody for being here part of the day. Thank you so much for being uh, patient with us. This is the first time that we've ever tried this of doing a simulcast. And uh, if you can guys can still hear us, appreciate all your support. Eli here uh, donating to the channel. Thank you for the linebackers. What are you guys looking forward to seeing in the freshmen? I, I think the Tamir is the guy we didn't really talk about. Yeah. Aeneas, um, are, are, are you interested in seeing what he's got to be able to do here? Can you repeat the name again? I'll uh, listen to the fight song. <laughs> Tamir. Oh, yeah, no, excited to see. I've heard a lot of good things about Tamir as well as a young guy who has been competitive early. Um, all those young guys who compete at a high level in the winter and the spring, Franklin finds a way to incorporate in the fall. He's earned that, and today's going to be a good indication of that. Uh, and then finally, one last thing. Just want to say thank you. Holy cow, Luke McCombs. Not Luke Combs. Not Luke Combs, unfortunately. No. Luke McCombs. Uh, <laughs> hello from Knoxville, Tennessee. Our, our son's name is Bo. Wondering how Bo is doing this spring. We are, he says. Bo is doing phenomenal, and we're excited to see how he performs today uh, during the blue-white game. We do have to get running, though, so I just wanted to highlight you guys, say thank you so much for the donations. That is super awesome. We will be back uh, with more Monday on the Blue-White Illustrated YouTube channel. Aeneas, thanks so much for stopping by. Appreciate you, brother. We'll, we'll uh, come back with more post-game coverage as well, Blue-White Illustrated on YouTube. We'll see you then.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.